Welcome, everybody, to the episode six of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast, where we aim to keep keep you entertained for 45 minutes or so as we discuss sports, beverages, and various shenanigans. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from our last week's episode, so keep the comments coming at Sports Nuts Pod on Twitter or join the Facebook group Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. But gentlemen, am I excited about this podcast? Oh, really? Oh, boy. Shocking. <laughs> Two reasons. So excited. I had a dream I was a muffler last night. Yep, I woke up exhausted. Wow. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. That's it. Um, well, get ready for 45 minutes of dad jokes, because our very own Chris Collette has a new family edition. Chris, how's it being a dad of two going? Oh, data two is going great. Uh, 90% of that's because my wife is doing 95% of the work. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's going great. No complaints. Wife's doing great. Kid's doing great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's life is good right now. Does that mean you don't have to drink water on Wednesday nights anymore? That means I am pounding the vodka tonight. So if the speech gets a little slurred here in about 40 minutes, you know why. I'd be, imp- be impressed if it takes 40. <laughs> Just make sure you teach that new girl to never buy shoes from a drug dealer. I don't know what they lace them with, but she'll be tripping all day. Uh, That's a big two for two. (laughs) You're all over it, man. Well, the second reason I'm stoked for this pod, I don't know if you guys know this, is being Tennessee fans, Chris was probably preoccupied. Matt was still losing weight. Tennessee, the volunteers, the loud and the proud. A 25-point favorite over a two-win team from a year ago get their hinds in smack this week. According to ESPN, which we all know is biased towards Tennessee, it was the fourth worst loss in college football history. Matt Hickman, resident Tennessee superfans, joining us as our second sports nut. Matt, are you ready to talk some football? Um, NFL, I'm all about it. Yep. Uh, I, I heard there's another level of football that's rather popular in the United States, but, um, you know, this, I, th- I think it's no longer really a big deal. So, uh, yeah, no, the NFL, I'm all in, but, uh, yeah, these other leagues, whatever, amateur. <laughs> well, what are you using to drink your sorrows with this week, Matt? Well, um, I was called basic for enjoying this beer at our fantasy draft, but I'm enjoying a seasonal Sam Adams Oktoberfest. <laughs> I almost guessed Oktoberfest when you said basic. <laughs> Come on. Well, this That's week good. I'm uh, keeping the Kentucky train running since they seem to be the only team in the SEC East that showed up last week. Got a little country boy brewing shotgun wedding brown ale aged on vanilla beans. Um, big fan coming out of Georgetown. Well, guys, this week we'll talk some fantasy football. We're going to talk a little bit about the Houston Texans trades and what in the world are they doing. We had some college footballs that decided to, co- to coach from their hospital beds, and we got naked NFL linemen, so don't get too excited yet. Speaking of naked linemen, Chris, what did Delaware, uh, um, New Jersey, get it? Delaware, New Jersey? Yeah? Jesus. No? <laughs> Well, with that, let's make sense of the week. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing member SPIC. All right, this week we're going to make sense of some NFL trades and some holdouts. We're finally getting 
um, some clarity on some of this stuff. We got NFL football starting tomorrow. Speaking of holdouts, guys, what do you call a guy who never farts in public? A <laughs> private tutor. Wow. Oh, I'm gonna get Dude, you both. This is so bad. He, he came this in is painful. Yeah. At least, I, oh. at least I know the title of this podcast instantly. <laughs> I'm gonna get you both to laugh before we're done. All right. So NFL trades. We were talking about the Texans. The Texans thought it'd be a good idea, and by the Texans, I assume this is all Bill O'Brien, uh, to trade three-time Pro Bowler Jadavian Clowney to the Seahawks for Barcavius Mingo and Jacob Martin. Higman, what was your first reaction when you saw this trade? Oh gosh, I thought that my hot take of 12 wins for the Texas Texans uh, is probably a bad one. Um, y'all brought up a point that. about Bill O'Brien being the GM and coach, and that always works out so well. So, man, get some value. My gosh, I, it's unreal. I know Mingo was the third pick in the draft years ago, but he's been a colossal bust. <sighs> you say bust, I mean, he's been with five teams in seven years. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, that's five more than I've played for. So, Chris, yeah, Jacob, Jake, Chris, Jacob Martin had 10 tackles last year. Oh, how many does he have for the Texans this year? Um, I'm going to go with 10. Give it a 10. What do you think, Chris? Who won this trade? Uh, this trade is the Seahawks. I mean, they, they get a actual pass rusher, which is one of the hottest commodities in this the NFL today. They gave up a third round pick and two scrubs. Somehow they got the Texans to throw in $8 million on a signing bonus. Unreal. That was my favorite uh, part. They paid him to, They paid a pro bowler to leave. Yeah. I mean, this is when, when you're building a team, like you pay your stars. Like that's, that's the blueprint of the NFL today. Like you draft and if you, if you get a star, you pay him. Like that's, that's the way it works. You don't trade them for 20 cents on the dollar. I don't understand what the Texans were thinking. I mean, worst, worst case, uh, and also, I don't know if y'all knew this, but Clowney was going to sign his his franchise tender to return to the Texans, and he got word that they were looking to trade him, and it pissed him off, and he basically forced the hand of the Texans to trade him. So, Bill wow. O'Brien, keep doing you. Wow. Loving it as a Titans fan. Cl- well, Clowney's career high for sacks is nine and a half. Would you go over or under that in Seattle, Chris? Oh, I'm going over because they will actually let him rush the passer. This is one reason I was not a big fan of Rabel for the Titans head coach was for some reason you have one of, I think, one of the better pass rushers in football and you drop him in coverage like half the time. Don't understand it. It makes no sense. Maybe but he's Seattle, got good hands. May, okay, John Madden. No. But <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's going to go to the 4-3 scheme. He's going to play defensive end. And he's he's going to be a pain in the ass for quarterback. So he's he's going over nine and a half. Hickman over under over. Totally agree. I think Chris Chris makes great points, but also there's the have we ever seen Clowney in the NFL where he's just truly angry? And I, I think I think now's the time we have some extra proverbial chip on the shoulder. I, I think you'll see some more motivation out of him. He's always had this incredible skill, but the motor sometimes he you know he'd get lost. Maybe that was part of. Uh, due to coaching staff and bad scheming, but I think we get a player with has his full attention on uh, vengeance. So he, yeah, he also uh, has an agreement with Seattle where they won't franchise him this year. So he is playing for a contract. So uh, I would pound there's over a, if that's over under thirteen sack season. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think the uh, not being able to franchise him next year is the key. 
I mean, nine and a half sacks, considering every team is going to double team his counterpart over there, J.J. Watt, uh, was probably a little under what I think most people would have expected from him. Um, put him in a loaded Seahawks defense that that knows how to turn the ball over, wants to turn the ball over. I got a feeling they're going to they're going to let him free. The Texans decided they were so good at trading that they were going to do it again. They decided they <laughs> needed to bring in Laramie Tunzel and Kenny Stills for the cost of not one but two first rounders and a second rounder. Laramie Tunzel, if you remember, was a first-round pick who dropped a little bit because on draft day there was a video of him wearing some sort of mask and a bong and smoking weed. Kenny Stills, I believe, had 500 receiving yards last year. Um, The Texans decide that is worth two first and a second. Hickman, I see you shaking your head. Who won this trade? In a landslide, the Miami Dolphins, which that's probably going to be the only thing they're going to win for a while, but (laughs) good for them. I think this trade was far worse than the Clowney one, frankly. Uh, Two first-rounders, Tunsil's good. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, he dropped in the draft, but it's like we know know he's good. It's tough to get a good left tackle, and they've got to protect Deshaun Watson. It's great. Um, Kenny Stills, are you kidding me? Kenny Stills is the definition of an also-ran. You could plug in. I mean, he's fast, but there's lots of people that are fast. Plug in 30 other receivers and you have Kenny Stills' talent. It's a, To me, I see it as two first-rounders for Tunsil, who's good, but not two first-rounders good. I mean, good Lord. Do you, know who, you know who else is fast? All the receivers currently on the Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I know why the Dolphins traded Kenny Stills. Him and the head coach had a little beef. He got mad with the whole... Um, jay-z music incident and all that and so he spoke spoke out about it the coach decided to start the very next practice with eight straight jay-z songs uh kenny stills wasn't real happy about it he was going to get traded again they had no leverage but bill o'brien decided he needed to sweeten the pot chris are the dolphins officially in tank mode oh they've been in tank mode for a while and this might be a hot take but i think they're in tank mode for 2021 Whoa! I, I don't think they. I don't think they want Tua. I don't think they want Fromm. I don't think they want the Oregon quarterback. I think they're going for Trevor Lawrence. They are just building up the draft picks. They're going to use them for Trevor Lawrence in 2021, and they're doing a great job. That, I mean, Bill O'Brien is their best friend. The well, worst part for the Texans on this trade is not only did they give up two firsts and a second for Tunzel and Stills, but they still have to sign Tunzel to a contract extension. Like, how much leverage does that guy have? Like, like you're backing up the Brinks truck because you can't lose him. Like, <laughs> you know you got to sign him. So he's he's gonna get he won't get quarterback money. That's thirty million. He's gonna he's gonna get over twenty million dollars a year. Uh, this is, I mean, it, it makes the Texans better this year, but it pretty much kills them for the foreseeable future. Well, I hope the Dolphins don't try to draft any Velcro with those draft picks. I hear Velcro is a total ripoff. No, no, we're getting closer. Getting right, closer. We're getting, we're getting closer. I'm about to laugh at one just so they stop. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, we still got a few players holding out. Uh, got some news this morning um, with Ezekiel Elliott. So let's make a prediction. What team and when will these three players start? We're going to start with Zeke Elliott. Chris, who does he play for in 2019? Um, this is uh, the Cowboys week one. <laughs> start him on your fantasy team. Higman, 
No, I think that's a pretty good bet. So much of my Tony Pollard uh, stock. <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping for uh, at least one start for for Tony. Second one we haven't quite figured out yet. Uh, Trent Williams, left tackle, has basically said he will never play. Well, not basically. He said he will never play for the Redskins again. Uh, what team does he end up with, and what week does he start, Hickman? So that might have been a better target for Bill O'Brien and the Texans, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> I, I think this is a situation where he does end up sitting out the year. I think we don't see him this year, and we see him next year. I know what you know. I know that you used to hate facial hair. Then it grew on you. Oh, boy. Hickman has the, a beard. It's, it's <laughs> see, that was, that was both topical and timely. Was that not, not good? No? It was good. I mean, the timing was, was impeccable, was, so <laughs> I can't fault you for that. Chris, where's Trent Williams end up this year? I'm going to go. Uh, he's going to be playing week two for the New England Patriots. Oh, man. I said week three for the Patriots. Uh. On the, on the same wavelength there. <laughs> that means it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I was so mad when I put that t- when I put two and two together. Um, the Patriots have money. Um, this is what Belichick does. He brings in disgruntled veterans that are really good and somehow gets them to take a pay cut and win a championship. And then last of the major holdouts we've got, Melvin Gordon. Where in the world does Melvin Gordon end up? For those of you who are new to the podcast, week one, Hickman decided that he was going to call Melvin Gordon to the Buffalo Bills at, what would you have, seven to one odds or something? Seven, yeah, seven to one odds. Chris thought that was terrible odds. Matt, where does Melvin Gordon end up? Those odds, I mean, it's looking better and better. So uh, I'm going to double down. I'm going to stay still say he goes to the Bills. And my reasoning for that was it was a team that makes terrible decisions at running back. And uh, honestly, I don't think Melvin Gordon's that good either. So Ooh. all the more reason for Buffalo to make that trade. That may so, be a hotter take than telling he's going to go to Buffalo. I mean, look at his numbers over the years. A lot of it's volume-based. So, uh, and again, running back, you plug a lot of people in there. There's not a huge drop-off between him and Jackson or Eckler. But anyway... Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to double down and say, say the Bills week three. Chris, where's Melvin Gordon end up? I'm going with uh, week 10 with the Chargers. He, oh. he, has, he has to sign. He has to uh, get that year of service in. So he'll wait till the last minute. Week 10, he'll be in there. Uh, if you're the Chargers, you're like, whatever, I saved $8 million or something close to that while he sat out so they're happy and they get a fresh running back down the stretch so week 10 of the chargers well i went a different route there has been one team that have offered the chargers something for melvin gordon your philadelphia eagles the only team out there that's basically offered anything essentially i think they offered do you see the offer <laughs> please, please it tell wasn't it. much of one uh, they offered uh, who's their running back? It was Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, and then like swapping mid round picks. Yeah, that was it <laughs> for Melvin Gordon. Basically, Howard for Gordon, straight up. Uh, if you're Jordan Howard, I mean, you just got there. Why do you care? Um, I guess I'm not too worried about him being disgruntled. They've got uh, Miles Sanders waiting in the wings anyway, but it's the only team that's offered. Everybody's going to ask why in the world does San Diego do that trade? I mean, he's going to walk. He's not playing. Might as well get something for him. So go on and get you a little piece of Jordan Howard out there in San Diego. Well, guys, let's make a little sense of uh, a fantasy football 
Games start on Thursday. People have questions. Who to start? What do we do? So let's start off, Matt, with a couple players that you love, um, and then we'll move on to a couple players that you hate. But who are a couple players you love this year in fantasy football? Uh, my number one love, and I've mentioned it before, um, our boy DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. I'm not, you know, I've been we've been talking about Houston a lot, but I still think he's he's the best receiver in the NFL. Most most consistent. Uh, Hopkins, I think, has a, a massive year, and I think. Uh, James Conner is a true workhorse again for the Steelers. puts up huge numbers. So those are my uh, those are my loves for the year. Chris doesn't like those, but you know I'll just be in the championship game again. Is that why the Steelers drafted a running back in the third round? The Steelers always draft running backs and receivers every year. Duly noted, Chris. Who do you Seriously, love this year? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I love Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's on every single one of my teams. I think he's going to end up as a top five running back. And possibly better than that. So Dalvin Cook is my running back love. I like Evan Ingram as tight end. He's he's my one tight end that I that offense has nobody to throw the ball to. Like literally nobody. They're gonna be losing games. Evan Ingram can't block, so he has to go out on pa- to catch passes. So that's my tight end that I think is a little undervalued right now. So those are my two love guys, Cook and Ingram. Two guys that I love this year. One of them is my boy in Cincinnati, Joe Mixon. Uh, I think in that offense, I think he could he could do something special. They'll give him the they'll continue to give him the ball a little bit more. I think Giovanni Bernard's kind of phasing out. They're going to throw the ball. They'll be more aggressive with him. Open about, up some running lanes. Uh, what about Gio's extension he got this week? That was a classic Bengals move. It was the thanks for being here, spending your career here. Let's go ahead and pay you, but then we're probably not going to use you. Okay. But I'm also a big fan. A big fan, and if you read any sort of fantasy football magazine, Jill, everybody's thinking the same thing. Oh, Chris Godwin down there in Tampa Bay, they're going to open up that offense. Bruce Arians is um, is going to throw the ball all over the place. Chris Godwin's going to fall into that Larry Fitzgerald role. He's probably going to get targeted 150, 170 times. Um, I think he's he's due to break out. Um, Mike Evans is still going to get the red zone targets because he's a beast, but. Chris Godwin's almost guaranteed to get 100 balls this year. Chris, while you're uh, pouring the purple drink over there, who are a couple players that you hate this year? I uh, really hate quarterbacks over 35. Uh, That's kind of a random age, but uh, yeah, quarterbacks over 35. I think there's so many startable quarterbacks that there's no reason to take the risk of drafting the quarterback that's going to hit the wall because every quarterback hits the wall eventually. So I'd always rather be a year early than a year late on that one. So quarterbacks over 35, this will be a popular one. I'm sure all both of us will agree on is uh, Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. that dude is an absolute train wreck right now. <laughs> oh, my uh, I don't I don't want him anywhere near my team like zero desire. And another one is A.J. Green. Sorry, Logan. Uh, I'm with you, man. I just I, I don't trust guys that are already hurt. He is old and uh, falling apart. Yeah. So those are my my guys well, that I just don't want this year. Speaking of quarterbacks hitting the wall, did you guys hear about the two guys that walked into a bar? Oh, I think I did. The third one ducked. Like an organ duck? Nice. Is that what you're talking about? No, Chris. They walked into, smacked their head, the third guy had to uh, duck. I mean, it's I'm, not funny if I have to explain the joke, Chris. Uh, you should have started this jokes 20 minutes ago. Or this so. has had enough vodka that we have to explain dad jokes. So that's, that's, that's pretty good. Well, before Hickman goes, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the players I hate. 
Uh, this year, I cannot stand Le'Veon Bell. He's in a Jets offense that Adam Gase is going to slow things down. Uh, sure, Bet uh, Bell may get tons of touches. Um, it's not going to be near what he got for Pittsburgh. Um, second one, Chris mentioned Antonio Brown. I think he is a head case. I don't think Gruden has a clue what to do with him. He is a talent, so he's going to stay on the field. And then to keep my uh, my trend going, I was going to go with Chris and quarterbacks, but I decided to sum it all up into Ben Roethlisberger. Um, he's also dude, over 35. He is over 35. Um, I don't know if he has the weapons he's used to having, and I just can't stand the Steelers, so I had to pick three Steelers. Hickman. It's quite a downfall for the Killer B Steeler era. Uh, now, again, I'm... I'm a Sealer fan, but I'm actually not a huge Roethlisberger guy. We can get into that at another time. But uh, you don't I'm, like rapists? I've never been a Roethlisberger guy, so that's a pretty good reason to not be a fan. So anyway, um, those are all great picks. Um, however, I got I got one strange one. Uh, a guy that is is going high. Not a huge fan is Aaron Jones. I think his talent is all situational. It's uh, he's he's a he's a mundane talent. He just happens to be the Packers running back. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Is Aaron Rodgers still the quarterback? <laughs> yes. So any running back is going to be more successful than they would be elsewhere. In theory, but remember a couple years ago when that happened, they just kept cycling through them. Players got hurt. They were all like when they had Ty Montgomery and him and that Williams kid. They just kept running through guys. I think that's how it's going to be. It's going to be a running back by committee because nobody's going to assert themselves as the dominant talent. I think he's just an okay player. Um, so... so so can we get a bet going on here? Aaron <laughs> yes. Judge over under a thousand yards rushing this year. Over under a thousand. I think well, that's a really good spot. Um, yeah, I'll go. Spot. I'll take. I'll take the under. Okay, I think it's I'll about. I think over. it's about there. So so what's what's the stake here? Uh, I mean, let's do like uh, shave his head. Shave his head. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. I'm not opposed <laughs> to that one. But uh, <laughs> how, how about a bottle of? Uh, Liquor at the draft next year. Well, we're drafting in Vegas next year, so that's not relevant. Um, how about how about Preds weekend? Preds weekend. How about a round right. of drinks? Preds round weekend. Of, round of drinks. Preds weekend. Done deal. My yes. Done. Put this it on. Is, put it on the board, one. Douglas. This is a good one. All Just right. so y'all know, I disagree with both of you. Um, <laughs> you think he's good? No, I think he's and, not good. Okay. And I think if he was good, the Packers wouldn't know how to use him. So this idea that he's just situationally good, I don't agree with. The idea that Aaron Rodgers is quarterback doesn't matter. Um, you could be the world's greatest tight end. Aaron Rodgers ain't throwing you the ball. So I'm not a fan of any Packers running back. Okay. I mean, it's, I, I think I'm more aligned with that just because, I, I mean, again, you plug whoever in and they're going to do what they do. But anyway, um, my, my second guy, I was, I was going to say, I mean, Brown and, Brown and Bell are pretty, pretty easy Easy choices there, and same. I, I with, need to hear more about Antonio Brown. Like, give, give me your like real point. thoughts. Real thoughts. I think he is um, possibly the best pure talent at that position since. Well, not okay. I take that back. Moss. I was going to say since Jerry Rice. Moss was his own category for talent. A guy of that size is not a freak athlete specimen like somebody like Moss or To. I think he's the the best since Rice in that pure, you know in what he does. But he's an absolute maniac the guy is like a narcissist which seems pretty clear he's frozen his feet he can't find his helmet 
He froze out the Steelers organization last year. He tweeted something bad about Juju, a guy that was like 19 years old and rode a bike when he showed up. Instead of mentoring the kid, he decides to tweet at him about fumbling at the end of the game against the Saints. I mean, the guy just seems vindictive, bitter, and unstable. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on Antonio Brown. Sorry to interrupt. You can continue with your uh, bus this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> next one you're, Next one you're going to love, running back Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, them are fighting You got the good there. old Bud Adams double bird there on the Skype yeah, video. I, 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 I couldn't resist it. I just thought about going somewhere else, but just, you know. Really, Chris, we shouldn't be fighting this week. We're both hurting. We should be going after Logan. But anyway, uh, yeah, I I think he – I think the last four games or six games or whatever from last season were just that, the last four or six games. He has 1,000 yards. The Titans aren't very good. All right, guys. Well, I'm sure you've all drafted multiple teams this year. If you had to stash one player on your bench, who would it be? One player. Chris? I went with Malcolm Brown. Um, Todd Gurley, he has an arthritic knee. He missed the Super Bowl, essentially, because of it. And I don't think that's something that's obvious, all of a sudden going to get better this year. So it wouldn't surprise me if Gurley ends up on IR sooner than later. And Brown is their first and second down back, maybe even more. So Malcolm Brown. Higman? That's solid. I'm going to go with another um, running back from the same division, Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals. Uh, Who? A, exactly. <laughs> Backup running back for the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds. All right, one player, I hate to say this, if I had to stash him on my bench, give me the cheat code that is the running quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of having multiple quarterbacks on your roster. If it's a one-quarterback league, give, I'm going to keep one on my, on my team. But I do like the idea of Lamar Jackson in most leagues. Running quarterbacks are cheat codes. Um, it's an abnormal efficiency that running quarterbacks have. So I'm interested to see what he does this year. Hey, Logan, if I gave you pick one, Lamar nope. Jackson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, who do you got? To start? Yeah, to start. Oh, I'm probably taking Drew Brees. Okay, what about Brady versus Jackson? I would take Lamar Jackson because I would refuse to start Tom Brady. He's one hit away from his career being over. Like it could happen opening day. It could not saying I would laugh <laughs> if it did. <laughs> All right, guys, which player do you wish you had more of? Um, an early round pick that you had that you wish, wish you could get more more about that. Hickman, who you got? Um, the guy I wish I had in every league, uh, Darius Geis. Redskins oh. running back. Um, I got him in our league, which is a 14-team super deep league. I missed out on him in a couple of others um, because those drafts <laughs> took place a little bit later. Uh, Wait a minute. How did you get him in the super deep league, but not in the <laughs> non-deep leagues? Because I underestimated the people I was drafting with. In one league, uh, well, in two of the leagues I'm in, guys drafted kickers in the second and third round, so I figured nobody had heard of Darius Geis. Well, player I wish I had more of, at this point, give me all the running backs in the state of Texas. Give me more Zeke Elliott. At this point, he looks like a bargain. And Duke Johnson, say what you want. The dude's going to catch 75 balls. Um, he's going to be the featured back out there. I uh, wish I would have saw that coming. I may Chris. have saw that coming. <laughs> you saw the ACL tear coming? Oh, I just saw Lamar Miller sucking, so the ACL just expedited that a little bit. So who do you wish you had more of, Chris? Uh, I'm going to go with two wide receivers. I think you like, Logan. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett and Tyler Boyd. 
Ooh, two Tylers. Double. Ooh, double Tyler. I like it. I'm, I'm going the two Tylers. Uh, I like Lockett. I like Boyd. Uh, I think they're going to be the number one wide receivers for both teams. I don't think the number two is going to be necessarily close. So the did volume you know they, will be there. Did you know they play each other week one? I I don't keep track with the Bengals. So, no, I did not know they play Ooh. each other week one. Battle of the Tylers. All right. We'll finish off this uh, making sense of fantasy football uh, quick hitter here. Which early round pick do you now regret? I'm going to start off for me. D. Williams running back out of Kansas City. It's not looking like there's a lot of faith put into him right now. Um, got him in two leagues. Wish I didn't have him in any. Chris? Same. I, I wrote down the same name. Uh, it, I'm nervous. Like Andy Reid has a history of he has one running back, and he wears that running back out. So that's why I love Damian Williams. Love, love, love. And then they signed a very old and not good running back in Shady McCoy right now. And I'm nervous that he's going to actually play Shady and take away carries. Williams is going to be a 15-touch guy right now, and I think he needs 20 touches to actually bring back the value that we drafted him at. So, Damian Williams. Hickman, you got somebody different for us? Yeah, I paid 8 bucks for Sammy Watkins in our auction league, and that wasn't really? smart. That, that seemed yes. like a good idea at the time? No, it didn't. Yeah, that was... Really? Seemed, eight bucks? Okay. It may when not was the last time eight. he was I need, good? I need to look when was the last up. time okay. he was good? Again, I'm all about situation, not talent. I don't think Melvin Gordon's a good football player. I think he has been put in good situations. I don't think the Packers have good running backs. I think they have good situations. And you I know, think that Sammy Watkins is the number two receiver on the Chiefs, but I forget he gets hurt every afternoon. So You know he was the number two wide receiver for the Chiefs last year? For Not for the whole season, though. His production didn't. His production uptake didn't start till the second half of the season, and he ended up with about fifty catches. I'm not saying. I'm telling you, I regret it. I'm telling you, this was a bad decision. I just paid too much for him. It might be worse than bad. Speaking of situations, I remember that one time I was with my kids and they got scared of the elevator. Luckily, you can always take steps to avoid them. Hey, I got a bonus topic here on this same fantasy football topic because I'm just going to ignore all of Logan's. Skip on over my bad jokes. You're damn straight. I am. So here goes. (laughs) Uh-oh. Um, we, we need to get this out of the way. Auction versus snake. Which one you choosing and why? Go, Hickman. Auction all day long. If there's a player you want, you can get him. Even if you want to pay stupid money. Even if you don't want to do something really dumb, like in the fall of 2017, making a note in your phone that says, pay for Gronk no matter what the cost is. And then 2018, getting in a bidding war with a fellow Tennessean over the same player when he has the worst year of his life. Uh, but hey, you know what? Still had that chance to do it. That was also because you told a couple of us, I'm going to get Gronk no matter what it takes as you were drinking the night before. And so bidding up was a fairly easy thing to do. Why was just one of y'all bidding me up as I remember? Guilty. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's auction easy. Uh, I did the numbers a couple years ago. But in most leagues, I can pretty much predict where you're going to finish based on what draft position you're you're picking in in a snake draft uh, in a competitive league auction. Everybody gets a chance to get somebody. Uh, snake draft is lazy. You look at the Yahoo rankings. You pick whoever's at the top. Nobody wants to get involved in that kind of league. So I'm smashing the auction draft. All right, boys, let's move on to our lightning round. We're going to go to a couple quick hitters. Those first couple, uh, the making sense of the week ideas were about our, for our football-heavy fans out there. Lightning round, we're going to have a little fun with this. First up, if a cow doesn't produce milk, is it a milk dud or an utter failure? 
Uh, and that, one, that one got me a little bit. Chris just gave me the middle finger. Um, for real, though, Rocky Flop. The Vols lose to Georgia State, a school that's been playing football since 2010. I don't know if you guys saw, but Georgia State also decided to rent a big old van with TVs on all sides and just play highlights as it drove around downtown Atlanta this week. Tennessee fans weren't too happy. They also weren't too happy when, I don't know what the dude's name was, but a player decides to retweet a gif after the game um, of the, uh, it was just like a meme of the Georgia, basically saying, hey, this is what Georgia State's looking like going to cash that check, the $950,000 Tennessee paid him. Yeah, that and guy's he, no longer on the team. Right. It's so true story. <laughs> He decided yeah. today he was going to leave the team because people were not happy that he retweeted that with a, I don't care who you are, this is funny. Um, <laughs> it was funny. I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> Does Tennessee turn it around this year? No. Nobody in their right mind should think that. Uh, we are. I mean, it's it's every time that I think Tennessee has hit the lowest point, we get a hold my beer moment and something else happens. So, uh, no. Uh, again, I was not high on this team to begin the season. I thought it was a five-win team, and I, I think I think three is maybe fortunate. <laughs> Chris, where are the odds Tennessee turns it around this week at BYU? Uh, yeah, so there's a guy I work with named Jeff Tubb. He made a Facebook comment on something. Wait a minute. Said, are you serious? Because I work with a guy named Jeff Tubb. Seriously? That's a true story. Uh, true story, I do. And uh, good old Jeff said, here comes four and eight. And I replied back. Four and eight might be generous. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So Sick burn, Chris. I know. I, I I'm as low as low I've ever been on Tennessee football in over the last decade. That's kind of hard to believe. I thought I'd already hit rock bottom about fourteen other times. Well, BYU's coming to town this week. They are not good. Um, so Tennessee's but, not good. Yeah. But luckily, Tennessee is selling beer starting this week. We'll get the fans through the season. They need uh, it. Second one, we got Florida State lost a heartbreaker to Boise State. They had an 18-point lead. Florida State, in their history, has lost two games when they had an 18-point lead. Both of them have come with Willie Taggart as the coach. Chris, does Willie Taggart survive this year? Absolutely not. Zero chance. <laughs> I, I actually thought he was going to be a good fit at Florida State, and I don't think I could have been more wrong. Uh well, They're really bad. I and the best thing about their loss to Boise State is a team in Florida said the humidity got to it more than a team from Idaho. Yeah, come How on. How the hell does that happen? <laughs> I mean, it turned into it was, dehydration. <laughs> it turned into a home game for Florida State. Taggart does have a massive buyout, something like eighteen million if he gets. They, they can make that work though. They have no money, as far as I, as my understanding. Am I wrong about that? I mean, have you watched Willie Taggart coach lately? I mean, they can I, they can make that work. <laughs> we've we've fired like uh, not Kiffin, but Fulmer, Dooley, and Butch in the matter of a decade. So Tennessee didn't fire Kiffin. He just kind of um, walked off on his he own. Was, he was he was the one smart one in the group there. <laughs> Hickman, any chance Taggart survives this year? There's a chance. There's a chance. I think. I think um, a combination of the buyout, and then I mean, I, I haven't looked at Florida State's schedule. Um, 
I don't know. They could they could end up at six or seven wins, end up in a bowl, and look like progress. And you get the well, we'll give them one more year uh, kind of look, just if anything to mitigate that brutal buyout. But Florida State's a school that, you know, they shouldn't stand for mediocrity. But one thing about it, if you make two or three bad hires, you can really spiral out of control. You can lose and to Georgia State. <laughs> you can lose to Georgia State. I mean, this there's really no traditional power that has ever just flat out died due to incompetence aside from Tennessee, maybe Nebraska, but I mean, just flat out dead. So Florida state, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll be our bros in that. All right, guys, the sec East had a rough, rough go of it last week, uh, excluding my Kentucky wildcats. So if you had to rank the sec East as of today, I'm assuming Georgia's number one for everybody. Hickman, take it from there. Rank the sec East. The next four teams are all in a cluster. I, I guess you have to give Florida the edge just barely at two. They did win. They did beat a just power barely? five team. Barely, huh? Guys, Florida isn't good either. Okay. My take earlier that the SEC East is an absolute dumpster fire remains true. It's awful. Georgia's great. Florida's a little better than South Carolina. South Carolina's got a, you know, has has some talent. South Carolina. Kentucky, Missouri, you know they're, they're on a lot. South Carolina's quarterback uh, uh, uh. You just lumped Kentucky in with Missouri, who got beat by Wyoming. Yeah, but Kelly Bryant looked good. Ooh, guess who else looks good? My wife, but she can't play football. <laughs> That's the best joke you told all night. <laughs> High five, air five. Boom. <sighs> Chris, help me out here. Let's do something I other will help than... You out. than uh, Georgia is number one. There's a we all agree there. F in country mile, and Florida's number two. And then you go another country mile away, and there's five teams that just absolutely suck balls. Disagree. I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's anything that these five teams do do well. Order in the uh, court. Order in the court. Literally nothing. So teams three through seven, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm a homer, so screw it. Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Vandy. <laughs> Bam. Suck it, Logan. All right. I apologize for all the listeners out there in podcast land. Let me give an unbiased take on the SEC East here. This is the Kentucky fan. We have Georgia clearly number one. Florida clearly number two. They beat a power five team, albeit they did try to give it away. Uh, Number three right now has got to be Kentucky. Um, They covered the spread last week. Their defense looked terrible at the beginning of the game, but then had 11 straight um, either punts or turnovers to end drives. Number four, give me USC. I think their quarterback getting hurt may actually be a blessing for them. Um, I give them a little credit because I think Mac Brown is one heck of a coach. I think he'll turn around North Carolina fairly quickly. Would you trade him for do for our coach now, Pruitt? I would. <laughs> Chris would. No, I would not. Sorry. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, so I'm going to take... Mac uh, Brown. Mac Brown is from Cookville, by the way. FYI. Oh, poor guy. Uh, I'm going to take USC, then give me Missouri. Uh, you know, they actually went to Wyoming. Wyoming throws it around all over the place. I'm going to take Vandy next. They got three studs that could go in the first day of the NFL draft, believe it or not. Um, You're lying. I am not. They have a wide receiver, running back, and a tight end that all three could go day one. George actually said that those that will be the best combination of wide receiver, running back, tight end they play all year. Obviously, overlooking Tennessee. 
which seems crazy. Um, it's also crazy when that wide receiver and tight end caught five balls for 19 yards last week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you sure um, Summer's not their quarterback? I'm sure. Uh, but last but not least, give me Tennessee. They blew a 25 point lead to a no, two win. They two were never team. up 25. Oh, sorry. The, the line, they were favored by 25. It was uh, bad enough that they lost. Don't, don't exaggerate it. Any. Oh, my gosh. At this point, I'm just praying Willie Taggart keeps his job so Kentucky can keep their coach. Um, moving on next in the lightning round here. Here's a quick one for you, Chris. What did the Buffalo say to his son when he left for college? Buffalo Sabres. Bye, son. Oh, Hickman got it. Damn it. Ah, I'm too bison. drunk for these yeah, dad jokes. Bison, bye, son. I like it. All right, a new 100-mile world record was set this week by Zach Bitter of Wisconsin. What else are you going to do in Wisconsin but run for 100 miles? 100 miles in just over 11 hours, averaged a 6-minute, 47-second mile for 100 miles. Hickman, what's the farthest distance you have ever or will ever run in your life at one time? I once ran a half marathon without walking, 13 miles. Don't ever think I'll top that, but I was – very slow. <laughs> Chris? Uh, the longest I've ran, seven miles. The uh, longest I'll ever run. I want to run a half marathon, so 13.1 and not 13.11. 13.10. Put, let's put it on the calendar. Yes. 2020? Sure. 2019 or it won't happen. Yeah, it's not happening 2019. <laughs> new, new baby. He's, he's just, yeah. Yeah. Give Chris the fall. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about this last week. USA and the FIBA World Cup. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but they needed a miracle in regulation. They intentionally fouled Turkey. Somehow, two NBA players combined to miss four straight free throws for Turkey. Took it into overtime where USA miraculously somehow won. Are you guys worried about USA's chances to Turkey, who, if you don't follow World Cup basketball, is not good? Chris? Yeah, I said they weren't going to medal, and I still think they're not going to medal. So, there. Not going to medal. Hickman. This is possibly the only thing we'll talk about that's least re- less relevant than Tennessee football. But, uh, <laughs> Pops there. They're going to medal. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you got some problems with USA basketball. At this point, I fully expect the next game for players to start faking injuries so that they can claim they weren't or the reason why they didn't medal this year. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a Carolina Panther who set the world record for most one-handed catches in 60 seconds. Who was it, Hickman? I don't know. I'm going to guess Samuel. Curtis Samuel. It was not. Chris, did you see it? I did not. I was hoping it was Curtis Samuel because it's in my fantasy team. It was not Curtis Samuel. Any other guesses? Uh, DJ's Moore is the only other wide receiver I know for that team. So. if you told me Steve Smith did anything, I would believe it. Well, what if I told you Cam Newton did it? Cam Newton, who has always claimed in his career he's got the best hands in the NFL, set the Guinness World Record for most one-handed catches in 60 seconds. How many so catches do you, do you think he made? Oh. I'm going to go 12. I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to go 25. Um you guys are terrible at this. Uh, 51 one-handed catches That's in 60 incredible. seconds. Wow. There was one of them that one of them was disputed because he trapped it on his body. Um, but he ended up with 51 one-handed catches in 60 seconds. 
Was it just like a jug machine, like blast? No, there was like there was a quarterback throwing to him. One quarterback. People actually like try to make a world record at this. I think Jarvis Landry may have had the record before this. Uh, okay, we totally have to have to try. I this. was gonna say, can <laughs> sports nuts and beer guts get fifty two? This would be, uh, we have this no would be a great. Uh, no, be I'm a, a quarterback. I, I, can, I can throw a three yard pass. So, mm. <laughs> all right, guys, let's move into everybody's favorite segment: Chug Sipper Pour time. Chug Sipper Pour. Hickman, Hugh Freeze had a back injury. He coached from the press box. Now he's the head coach of Liberty. He coached from the press box while laying in a hospital bed. Chug Sipper Pour. Um, I can't stand Hugh Freeze. I really want to chug the uh the, that that it happened that he pulled it off but i'm pouring it out because it's you freeze out chris uh, i'm uh gonna chug that because oh, it, added, it added to the entertainment factor of that game it was a shit game syracuse won 24 nothing uh literally the only thing anybody remembers that game is the pictures of Hugh freeze in a hospital bed in the press box giving the thumbs up to dino babers down there it just added to entertainment. I'm chugging it. It was hilarious. Chris, what was the score to that game? I think it was 24 nothing. And Hugh Freeze, is he an offensive genius or a defensive genius? Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, supposed to be an offensive genius. Um, his offense scored zero points. It clearly is not working. This is a guy who's it's all about himself. Look at me in my hospital bed. I mean, the dude couldn't sit Some, in a recliner. Somebody at Liberty is all about themselves? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one! Yeah, I'm I'm pouring that. If you can't sit, you can't stand. You got to have a hospital bed. You don't show up to the game. Sorry, Hugh. Several big college football games were held at neutral fields this year. Neutral site college football games. Chug sip or pour, Hickman. I like them. I like them. Um, I'll, I'll chug it. You would. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean they can be, uh, you know, good, good trip, fun place, different exposure. Um, yeah, sure you're gonna get those great home games, but yeah, fun neutral side games and form. Chris, please tell me you have a better take than Hickman. Absolutely, I'm, uh, I'm gonna pour because is there anything better in college sports than just like Knoxville on a Saturday when Tennessee is good? I don't remember that, but I think it was a good, a good time. <laughs> no, seriously though, uh, I gotta pour it. Like, there's nothing better than a home atmosphere. College football, you got people tailgating. You got the fans going crazy. Like, you actually have a home field advantage if you're at home instead of a neutral field. Neutral fields are just a moneymaker. Nobody gives a damn. They're just there to have a good time. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I pour it out. I'm with you. I'm pouring this. Um, teams owe it to their fans to have good games. You see this a ton in basketball, and it drives me nuts. Every good game is at a neutral site. Put those in a college arena. You know who doesn't do neutral site games? The NFL. You know why? What Don't about London? Chris. Don't say what about it, Chris. London. <laughs> it's because nobody cares about the Jaguars. But you, these games need to be on college campuses. The atmosphere is what makes college sports what it is. Pouring that down the drain. I don't know if you guys saw this video that went wild this week. A Florida man discussing ways to stop the hurricane the, that was coming. Um, some of his ideas, he uh, decided the Air Force should fly around it to get the winds moving in a different direction. Brilliant. Uh, Florida man also decided that what really causes these hurricanes to go crazy is the hot water. 
Therefore, the Navy should go around and drop ice to cool the waters down. Now, Florida man lives in the same state where state officials had to remind residents not to shoot weapons into the hurricane as it came, uh, because for some reason that was a rumor going around. Hey, hey All man, this... where does your uh, wife reside from? <laughs> like, where's she from? <laughs> Um, a Florida native, yeah. Whoa. Uh, this reminds me, I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago when China was hosting the Olympics and they said they could control the weather so that it wouldn't rain or have any thunderstorms at the Olympic Games. So Chug Sipper Hickman, alternative methods of hurricane prevention. Well, you know, if you're going to shoot at a hurricane, you've got to do it right. So you've got to nuke it. That's the only thing that makes sense. Other than that, you got to pour it out. <laughs> so you're saying hit it with a microwave? <laughs> You build a bigger microwave. That's what we haven't done. A big enough microwave, just put the hurricane in it, and boom, you're done. Sports nuts and beer guts saving the world. Chris? I'm chugging it because it looked like Andy Reid in a Hawaiian shirt. It was hilarious. It brought Florida man uh, back on the map. It brought him in the news. Chug it. Love Florida man. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to sip this. One... I kind of like it because it's crazy enough that you remember that uh, Academy Award winner thrilling movie, Twister, where he threw all those little balls into the tornado that went all crazy. I don't know if it helped stop the tornado, but it seemed really cool. So I'm sipping it because I think there's a chance that we have some cool ideas, but I'm pouring it because some guy in Florida is going to die by trying to shoot his whatever into the uh, into the hurricane. All right, Chip real, Kelly. Real quick. Go ahead. Real quick aside, I lived in Alabama when I was in middle school. I convinced the kids that I lived with in the neighborhood that if they chucked enough salt up in the air, it would get in the clouds and it would rain. So I had several neighbors that would go outside. These kids were like, I was in middle school. They were the same age and would steal salt from the parents' cabinet and just chuck it up in the air. They must have been Alabama Alabama fans. Had to be Alabama. I got more stories about living down there, but luckily that was in the 90s and it was was a good time to be a UT fan. But moving on. Chip Kelly, since 2015, is 11 and 33. He just got stomped for the second year in a row by Cincinnati. Chug sip or pour Chip Kelly, Chris Collette. This saddens me to say I'm going to pour. Whoa! Uh, when he was with the Eagles, I thought he was the ne- next best thing. I I loved him. I was like, oh, he, he made Big Dick Nick look great for a year. He got him a $100 million contract or whatever he signed with the Jags for. But I got to pour this. I really think he's just burnt out and just collecting paychecks at this point. So, yeah, he's, I'm going to pour. He's clearly not winning games at this point. He so is I've, clearly collecting checks. <laughs> yeah, living on that Oregon run. I would pour it out too. Hickman, where are you at with Chip Kelly? Same here. I'm shocked of the of the development there. I thought he would turn LSU or UCLA around, but I was way off there. All right. I promised the the people naked NFL linemen. So if you guys didn't see, the ESPN body issue was just released today. Uh, the Eagles offensive line decided they would pose in that magazine this year. Chug Sipper the ESPN body issue, Hickman. I just don't care. I mean, I'm pouring it out. Just, I mean, it, whatever. I just flat don't care about it. Chris? Uh, poor, and my quote was, don't care. Just don't care. I, I guess it's because I'm 33 and married now. Uh, yeah, but the Eagles, Eagles offensive line is not really turning me on. So it's not like the SI swimsuit like edition back in the single. day. Whenever I was 16 single and they got delivered, I'm like, oh man, this is like 
some great material, if you know what I mean. <laughs> this doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I got to pour it out. One, I feel like I don't even know 90% of the people that are in it. So I'm trying to look at like, what do you do, man? Like, I don't understand. Um, and then it's all just creative ways to take pictures of naked people without showing their private parts. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Pouring out the SPM body issue. All right, we're going to finish up this week's segment with a little picking and grinning. Our picking and grinning segment sponsored by the Agave Brothers. If you're looking for a cover band, give the Agave Brothers a call. Their renditions of Hey and Eye of the Tiger are sure to be a hit at your next wedding, restaurant, or backyard party. You can find them on Facebook at Agave Brothers. But uh, going forward, we're going to do a football. We're all going to pick three games, just three random-ass games. And we're going to come up with a punishment for the loser and a reward for the winner. So this requires y'all listeners to give us some, tell us what you want the loser to do and the winner to do. So it is what it is. We're up for almost anything, not quite anything, but almost anything. So yeah, there will, there will not be a sports nuts and beer guts body issue. No, <laughs> y'all would be very disappointed. <laughs> we just lost our three listeners in Thailand, <laughs> didn't we? All right, Matt, who you, who you picking that's going to have you grinning this week? All right, three bets this week, two NFL, one college football. We'll go and get the college football out of the way. Texas Longhorns, uh, six-and-a-half-point dog against LSU. Uh, I'm taking the Longhorns to cover. Uh, Money line's not a bad one there either. I don't believe in old Coach O, so I'm taking Texas. Um, Sticking with uh, that state, moving to the NFL, I figure I may as well just continue to go in on here. Houston Texans plus seven against New Orleans. I like another underdog to cover uh, on Monday night. Last one, a game that will have no defense, no defensive players whatsoever. San Francisco versus Tampa Bay. The over-under is 50-and-a-half. I am pounding the over on that. I think both teams are scoring the 30s just out of defensive incompetence. Well, this week I'm going to go with one college game, two pro games. I hate to do this to you guys, but I really don't. I'm taking the Volunteers minus three and a half with against BYU. This is like the ultimate Bill Simmons reverse jinx right here. <laughs> Called it now. <laughs> I fully expect Tennessee, they're the better team, to turn it around. Um, this line is is not anywhere near it needs to be. And, but if I pick them and they win, I can I can rejoice as well. So I'm going to take Tennessee um, minus three and a half. The Rams right now. Did you say it was terrible? Uh, the yeah. Rams play the Panthers. Uh, the Rams are favored by two and a half. Give me the Rams. I don't know um, how healthy the Panthers are. They've got all new receivers. Give me the Rams all day. And then we've got a. Uh, there's two even money line games in the uh, in the NFL this week. Um, give me the Bucks. I was trying to remember who they play. Who do the Bucks San play? Francisco. They play San Francisco. San Francisco. That's right. Yeah, give me the Bucks over San Francisco. It's a pick 'em. It's in Tampa Bay. Uh, give me the Bucks. Chris, who you got? I got Miami minus four against North Carolina. I think North Carolina sucks. I think South Carolina just sucks worse. So Miami minus four. I'm going back to the well where Hickman went last week. I'm going to go Syracuse plus two against Maryland. I think Maryland sucks as well. So, yeah, yeah. give me give me two points. I'll take I'll take Syracuse, and I'll go an NFL game. I go Philly minus ten against Washington. Ooh. Washington is just not good at all. 
That's a big line, though. The game is at Philly. I don't think it matters. I love Carson Wentz, as I've said before. So, yeah, give me Philly minus 10. Don't care about the points. They're 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 going to cover easily. So those are my three games. Good stuff. Wes Chris said, hit us up on Twitter, Sports Nuts Pod. Join the Facebook group, Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. Let us know um, with our picking and grinning segment who the loot, what the loser needs to be doing at the end of the year, what the winner gets. Give us some ideas. Let us know what's out there. Also, as we as we part our ways here, I want to give a shout out to all the sidewalks out there, keeping people off the streets. Yeah, I got Chris. You got me. Got me. Logan, I got to say, I'm I'm glad that you told all these dad jokes because when people that tell dad jokes that aren't dads, it's just a faux pas. Ooh, I like it. Chris, hope you wrote all these dad jokes down. Couldn't resist. Yeah. If, if there's any more dad jokes here on out, I will edit them out. FYI. <laughs> well, I don't know, Chris. Uh, it's probably why you didn't get invited to that satellite wedding. Did you not get invited to that? Sure didn't. Well, you didn't miss much. The wedding wasn't wasn't all that, but the reception was great. I love get a good it? wedding reception. <laughs> Open <laughs> bar, baby. We, we have all seen that. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is it for this week. Uh, went a little longer than we probably normally will. Hope you had fun. Hit us up on on Twitter, on Facebook. This has been episode six of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts.